Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we're joined by Ben Harris, as known as the fear guy and creator of Fear Alchemy. How's it going today, Ben? Should I be afraid? Jared, you should be absolutely terrified all the way. <laughs> Even though you live in Hawaii, I'm not sure if people should know that so they can locate you. I think but the anyway, secret's out. <laughs> your, your tropical chill vibes are in trouble today. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, I, I honestly can't wait to learn more about you and your product. I, I pulled up your website to kind of get a feel for what it is that you offer so I could get a better understanding as we talk today. And I, I can tell you, like, as I read through the list, I was going, oh my goodness, like, check, check, check. Like, yeah. as I listened to some of the, you know, I read some of the, like, the the things that you list out. So I, I, I can't wait for us to go into this because I, I know that, that, yeah, a fear is actually a really, really common reason why people don't start a business why they don't do this it's so, the number one reason <laughs> yeah so let's get started yeah. this is not i don't want to talk this whole time let's talk about you um <laughs> let's get, give you a chance to give everyone the elevator pitch tell us a little bit about what you do yeah dude i got chills dude this is gonna be really good i just have a feeling nice. but like um so and i like how you ch- you chuckled when you said the fear guy and because it is like fun and silly you know it's like that uh, some people are like why are you the fear guy not the freedom guy <laughs> and like it's first it's just a name <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, that's the reason, right? Is because we don't we're literally so afraid of just talking about fear and then that's how it festers and that's how it continues to live and sabotage everything that we want to do. So on a very basic level, my job and purpose is to guide people through their fear into freedom. And what most people don't know is that fear is actually the root of all your suffering because it's at a biological level, humans want to survive. That's literal our number one and number two jobs as a human animal is to not die and to procreate. (laughs) So... So if anything, obviously, though, we don't have the same threats as we did in the past, right? Is like fears there to keep us alive. However, now we feel threats of, am I going to lose money? And what do people think about me? Um, you know, am I going to fail? Am I going to get rejected? And like our body literally picks that up as a threat. And so most people don't realize it's like, like what you said, right? Of going down the list of, oh my God, like this is me. And like, it's me too. Like there's none of us that are, you know, don't feel fear. That's part of being human. So it's part of just feeling it and recognizing it and then navigating it. I love it. I love it. Well, again, I can't wait to dig into more of the details here. I guess 
just get started with kind of your genesis um, with getting up and running as a business. How did you start? Did you start doing one-on-one coaching? How did this actually materialize? Bro, it's actually a pretty cool and crazy story. So my job, before I left the 9 to 5 world, I was a director at a finance company. And I, you know, at one time, I think it was over like 120, 150 employees. And my favorite part about it was the employee like and team engagement. Like I was that weird boss who I would have one-on-ones with people and it would, you know, turn from 10 minutes into an hour just because I actually cared and wanted to hear about people's life, life instead of just, you know, get your numbers up and work harder. It's like, no, like, how are you actually doing? How are you feeling? And there's something called inside out coaching and it's a really, really useful tool. And people might be listening or people might know, know of, have you heard of human design, Jared? Do you know what that is? Not off the top of my head. No. So it's essentially, it uses astrology and it also uses like other, there is three, essentially just like think of astrology be more specific and possibly easy to understand. It's still pretty comprehensive. But why I bring that up is because there's literally a part of my design in my personality that is really, really, really good at asking questions. So understanding that part about me and then the inside out coaching, the whole aspect of it is, is that we are not here to tell people what to do. We are here to ask a question and have it being revealed within them. And literally once I got that, once I learned that, like I already did it naturally, but it just made so much sense. And then my productivity, everything of like my teams just skyrocketed because I started to engage people by asking them questions and like that were, you know, intuitive for their situation. Um, and why I bring this up is because I've been coaching for a long time. That's just how I'm built and how I'm designed. Um, but when I initially quit my job, it wasn't to be a coach. It was for this like influencer marketing type of idea. And long story short, it didn't work and we can get into it. And then it was actually in March of 2020 and I was running out of money. <laughs> and because I quit my job and I didn't have any business revenue, which obviously is a pretty foolish thing to do. But for me, I just had this feeling like I just got to go. Like my time in this arena is done. I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just trust that something's going to figure itself out. And I was still terrified, but someone asked me the question, what would I do if it was impossible to fail? And that was the nail in the coffin. I was like, Oh, I know what I would do. Like I would quit. Like if it was impossible to fail, that's my truth. And I love to answer or get and ask people the same question because that's your truth beneath all the fear, beneath the doubt, beneath whatever is, Oh, if it was impossible to fail, this is what I would do. And so once I got that answer, I quit my job and you know, I was losing money. I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, thanks to a worldwide pandemic, <laughs> I'm one of those crazy people who believes that life's life happens for me. And at the same time, I got this download. It was just like the fear guy. And I was like, Oh my God, like I've realized all of the time in my corporate world, my corp, like the, my time spent in the corporate world coaching people, I wasn't helping them with goals. I was actually helping them remove the fear that was keeping them from the goal. And so I rebranded my business within the two weeks. And thanks to the pandemic, right? Everyone's afraid. Everyone is now open and home and, you know, feeling much more vulnerable and open to receiving guidance. And so I rebranded my business and I signed for clients the first week. And that was like, Oh, something is here. And there's definitely been ups and downs since then. But that 
that was definitely the genesis of what you asked about how I really, really came to understand. Uh, and like I have experiences before then of, you know, the why I'm good with navigating fear. But that was the first time I was like, oh, this is working and people resonate with it. So I'm going to follow it. Oh, so much there. I wish we could do like a like a 10 episode series <laughs> every time Bro, just because I'm I'm here, man. Let's yeah. freaking we can I'll come to Hawaii and we can just yes, <laughs> yes. Bye bye. Heck yes, let's do it. Um, <laughs> well, for the purposes of this conversation, I, I know I I think our, our listeners would love to get an idea. Uh, what was it that tipped you kind of over the edge, specifically when it came to quitting your job? I know you said you felt it. Was it just that? Because that's like that's such a common scenario for someone who's like considering taking this leap. Was it just strictly a feeling for you, or was there anything that led you to believe that I have a viable product that I can sell? So this is this is such a nuanced question. And one thing I actually coach people on is quitting their job. And it's knowing that it's different for every person. Because I could totally be a motivational speaker and say, quit your job, you're capable of anything. you know. And it's like, yes, that is true. And also, it's important to be like, some people really do want to need a plan. Like, So it's important just to acknowledge that. And one of the things I actually wish I did was that I now do in my business is if you know what an MVP is, a minimum viable product, is testing something before I fully invest my time and money into it. Um, you know, before you quit your job of like, do people resonate with what I'm talking about? Are they asking for it? Are people signing up for it? So it's not just like quitting and figuring things out. Like that is possible. And some people I believe is helpful, like for me, because the unknown is where I thrive and it's where all my ideas come in and like where I feel inspired, honestly. So I just wanted to give that ca- that caveat. But for me, when I was quitting my job is I, you know, spent almost a decade in the corporate world and corporate leadership. And then all of a sudden, and keep in mind, so this is back in 2019, like at the end of 2018, I left home. I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, I worked for one company. I grew up in a company. Like when I was hired, there's 50 people. And then by the time I left, it grew to like 1500 people. We went from like 100 million in revenue to like 1.5 billion. So I was really like fortunate to like grow with this awesome company. But I I left like all safety and I knew that's part of the universe's plan of like getting me out of the comfort zone so it could like show me what it had plans for me. But I accepted a new job at the same time that I moved away from Utah. So I went to the East Coast. I got recruited, you know, on LinkedIn. I got a fancy like director role. I got double the money. I got stock options. I got all the things. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm so excited. Like two or three months in, I was sick of it. <laughs> and so that that's how I knew. I was like, okay, like something's not like something is not working. Like no matter the title, no matter the money, no matter the opportunity is this isn't it. And I started to literally be repulsed by my job, which wasn't like me. Like I was usually the overachiever, you know, first one in, last one out, working 12 hour days, hooray. And I was literally showing up late. I was taking long lunches. I was leaving early. I was finding any excuse I could to not show up. Like, like, have you ever tried to put two magnets of the same charge together? Oh, of course, as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, you try and get them together and you can't get them together. That's what it was like me going to work. I was like trying my hardest (laughs) to be this person, but I literally couldn't. And so that was how I knew. And then fortunately, one for me, one of the things I did earlier... So I've had lots of changes happen since like this point in time was such a massive upheaval of familiar familiarity and safety for me. And one of the things I did around the same time where I, you know, I left 
home and quit my job and all, or got a different job and all the things was I actually made a big investment into crypto. And because I had all the safe things, right? I'm a responsible adult. I have the 401k, I have a six figure job, I have savings, da, da, da. but I was like, man, like you hear the saying of like, you got to take a risk to get wealthy. And so I came across this opportunity and essentially I, I invested 40 grand. So I maxed out 40 grand of credit cards to invest into this crypto fund. And it started, the promise was, was that it's like essentially mining Bitcoin for you. So they're going to pay you in Bitcoin. And I started on my best months. I actually earned one Bitcoin a month, which if you look at it now is pretty insane. Yeah. Right. And so that was actually part of what got me feeling confident and courageous enough to quit my job because I was like, okay, I don't make any money in this area in my like business, but I am, I do have this passive income that I can rely on if needed. And so that kind of helped me feel safe. But ironically, um, Two months after I quit my job, I learned that I lost that money. So that forty grand was actually a scam. Oh, so I so I did get paid right and in some Bitcoin, but my forty grand I put in was gone. And yes, terrible, not ideal. <laughs> but again, I'm one of those crazy people where in the moment I was like, I don't know why, but this is happening for some reason, and I just have to trust it. And now looking back at it, I see that oh, like it came into my life, so I felt comfortable to leave, and then it left. So it so I was. And just relying on it so I could create a business idea that would actually help me and help and be of service to so many people. Because if, if it was just there, I wouldn't feel the same drive and fire to build a business. You know, I'd be I'd be living with you in Hawaii, <laughs> just raking in Bitcoin money. <laughs> And so it's like, I know now, right? Like losing, that was actually one of the biggest gifts. Well, for what it's worth, like if there is not a listener that doesn't resonate with the whole, the magnetism thing that you just mentioned, like we should, we may as well just shut down this podcast. Like, like <laughs> there is like, at least, yeah, I'm hoping 100% of our audience, like that really, really just hits the nail on the head. Um, Can we, uh, you mentioned your, your initial idea was maybe an internet marketing focus. Can yep. you can share a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was essentially like I wanted to fuse personal development with online influencer marketing. And it was just like, and I started my first podcast around the same time. And I had this idea of like, hey, look, we can do like I can partner with companies and take their product or service and essentially build a community around this one thing. And like, do you know like the tablets noon is N-U-U-N? It's like a hydration. I don't think I do. So it's a hydration tablet, like you can buy them at Whole Foods and stuff. Okay. But essentially I partnered with them one time and like made a really fun video and then with uh, like trying to get an audience trying to like drink a gallon of water a day so that was essentially like getting there you know just doing something different for marketing um but long story short it didn't work it wasn't supposed to work thankfully <laughs> but um also just like i don't think it was a viable like long-term thing it was just something i was excited about yeah what i mean was it the financials that gave you the signal that it was time to move <laughs> on <laughs> what was it yeah <laughs> Definitely. It wasn't like looking back at it, it, there really wasn't a business plan, right? It's like my plan was like, hopefully, eventually I can have a big enough audience essentially to partner with brands that would pay me to use their products in a way, in a fun personal de- development way. Um, and so I wasn't charging anything, right? It was just pure like, hey, let's build this, let's build this. But there was really no momentum and not just money, but is people weren't gravitating toward the idea as far as like wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. 
And that goes back to like the, you know, minimum viable product of instead of quitting my job to do a thing is, okay, are people resonating and signing up and saying yes, not just companies, but people. So it's like, yes, there's an element of keep trying and finding the way. But if there's absolutely like no momentum or very little momentum, then it might be a sign you need to shift something. Probably yeah. not might, but need to something. Yeah, no, I love yeah. that. And I, I, to be honest, I don't think that there has been a guest on this podcast yet that their current business is what they started with. Like it, it's yeah. amazing how frequently you are required to pivot in this, you know, in this space. Yeah, I think I love that you bring that up. It's, it's, so necessary dude it's like and i view it and there's a common saying you know like read rejection is redirection it's like i just view it like when you were a kid or maybe you still do it now when you're bowling with bumper lanes it's like you bump it to the side bump it to the side like i just view it like that and then it's guiding you down the lane so you can at least hit some pins so it's like those bumps are actually just like recentering you yeah yeah no i love that i need the bumpers <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we all need bumpers like yes that's like saying no to help because you know it's an ego thing but bumpers are there to help us <laughs> well take us a little bit more on the journey of, of how you navigated from this influencer marketing to what you're doing today yeah bro it was like so i quit my job and then i was like i was just following my passion like what sounds fun what sounds really fun is to go on a podcast tour so i just reached out to so many people in different cities um and just and they, a lot of them started saying yes and so i was just traveling and like in bulk like you know, going to LA and a meeting with probably like eight people at once, not at one time, but in eight different meetings, you know, and it's like having podcasts with people. And then eventually I went to, <laughs> interestingly enough, the first time I heard of Kajabi um, around the same time. So in 2019, I went to Brandon Burchard's event um, nice. ca called Influencer. And so this is me just exploring, like just following the breadcrumbs. And like they, of course, he, you know, offers the upsell at the end, like signed up for my mastermind. And I think it was like, 20 or 25 grand. And like, by no means should I afford this. <laughs> but I just had a feeling. I was like, Ben, just sign up. And so I put five grand on a credit card. And then I go to this event and so many cool people there. And one of the people I talked to, his name's Brad, super good dude. And he gives me confirmation to do my first retreat, like an in-person retreat. Like I, that has just always sounded so fun to me. And we bounce off some really cool ideas. Uh, long story short, you know, I don't end up doing that mastermind because I can't afford it. <laughs> I thought it was like 20 grand over a year is literally like 20 grand in like three months. So I was like, okay, I can't do that. Oof. Um, but that signing up, like listening to the intuition, like I got this idea for the retreat retreat, which was a major breadcrumb. Because then when I went to my first retreat, that was a huge, huge reason where I learned where where I taught about fear and learned that I'm actually really good about it. And it was four days before the world shut down. So literally the day we ended on a Sunday and I think, you know, the world shut down like on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I set up my first retreat. And one of the synchronicities about it is that I because it was my first one, I actually asked people I knew from this podcast tour, I was like, Hey, can you come to this retreat and teach like, I don't know what I would teach yet. Like, I just want to, you know, do all the work and bring people and just have you guys facilitate. And because of the pandemic, um, like three people didn't show because they felt nervous. And that gave me the opportunity to step in and lead my first workshop. And that first workshop was about fear. And in that first workshop, I literally didn't know what I was going to teach when I went to the retreat because, you know, facilitators don't show up at the last minute. I'm going in the last minute, like, I don't know, but I trust that something's going to happen. And I get the idea like fear. 
talk about fear versus freedom. And that was a big breadcrumb for me of this is something's here, something's here. And so I taught it, people resonated with it. I really liked talking about it and it felt really natural. And so then when I came home, it just started to really like build in me, build in me. And then the, again, the whole fear guy like just came into me and I actually even remember meditating. So like, I think this is the pandemic. Like before this happened, I was actually driving in my car. I didn't technically live anywhere yet. I was just driving back from the East Coast to the West Coast. And so the pandemic happens. I'm at my mom's, you know, I buy a mattress off Amazon to live on her floor. <laughs> and I remember sitting on this mattress and I just, I closed my eyes and just asked, like, am I on the right? path before I rebranded everything. And I got this immediate like chill, like such deep chills. And like a to me, what means a confirmation of feeling of expansion and feeling of excitement and just like a knowing in my body that like, yes, you're on the right path. And with that knowing, I rebranded everything. And it's been pretty magical to see what's happened since then. Let's talk about the the dollar figures. Um, <laughs> because naturally, I mean, you know, as good as you may feel in terms of having that gut intuition to go forward, I mean, you ran into this before you, you, you had something that you were pursuing that maybe felt good yeah. at first, but then the dollars didn't pan out. Um, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about like, when did the money flow in? Did it happen from this first event that you ran? Um, how, yeah, how did this so actually I think, I, made, I think at the first event, I mean, like 1500 bucks. So it was like nothing crazy, obviously, but it was like, oh, okay, cool. I made something. <laughs> and then when I signed my first client, you know, it was like 2000 or 2500 bucks. And at the same time, I was like, dude, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, it was just a knowing in just like... And even before this, I thought life coaching was cheesy. Huh. You know, I was like, it's weird. Like yeah. people don't need coaches. Like, why are you telling me what to do? And then I just, again, had this inkling to know Ben, like try coaching. And so I was like, okay. And so I just started, I literally just changed my messaging and it just flipped. Like it was crazy. Just people resonated with like, oh yes, I am in fear or I'm in survival mode or I'm overstressed. I'm in anxiety. And then people just said yes. <laughs> and so, but even when I jumped on sales calls, I, did, I don't do sales calls necessarily anymore. But when I thought that I needed to do them, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I didn't really know how much I'm going to charge people. I was like, what do I like, charge? Like, like, again, just followed my gut and have learned a lot since that point. But I remember being terrified. Like, asking for money. It was such an exhilarating feeling though. Of like when they said yes, I was like, oh my God. And then <laughs> When I got like three more, I was like, oh, like, you know, I probably made like 10 or 12 grand in a week or two, which I mean, that completely changed my life. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's it, this is actually so common. I, I think more often than not, when people actually get that first dollar, like it's almost like a, it's a shock to the, you know, to yeah. the nervous system in a way. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's not what interestingly enough, dive into like what that means for the nervous system. But I would say it's like because we're not used to it. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're not. It's not our familiar. And so, of course, it's going to feel unfamiliar or like a shock to the nervous system. But obviously, like that is if you're in alignment doing something you love, I've definitely gotten out of alignment plenty of times. But that was one way that I knew I was in alignment when I was talking about something I loved and people resonated and bought from it. And I was giving so much value and being of service. And I've, again, definitely gotten out of that and gotten back into it. But that was that's definitely something like, you know, that you kind of have that secret formula. Yeah, I was actually just talking with another friend uh, last week who same exact 
contract deal, quit his mm. job. Um, timing was right, but uh, you know, he started uh, doing some consulting and he's actually in this first month, he's made almost double what he was making at his job. And you can just see the life. You can see the life in him. Um, well, uh, there's so much more we can go into, but I actually want to get just even a better understanding of your whole philosophy of, of what you offer. Um, like, as I mentioned, I was looking through the website and I was going, oh man, you continue avoiding people, conversation, responsibility, binging on food, social media. No, we, don't, we don't need to go through the whole thing. Everyone else can look <laughs> at this, but there was probably at least four or five items on that list that are relevant. And I imagine for most people, there probably are a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the what the best way is, but maybe you can just kind of give us the right. You can even use me as your guinea pig if you want. Um, let's go through kind of your philosophy, what you teach. I love it, bro. I was actually going to ask you. So we're on the same page. Nice. Of like, so which one of those sticks out to you if when you look at the list of, you know, symptoms, as we oh, say? Oh, boy. We're going to pain uh, points. Which one stands out to you? We're getting vulnerable on air. Um, <laughs> so I would say, well, I definitely I know I grind my teeth after wear a night guard for that one. Um, uh, hiding behind humor, sarcasm, humor, definitely on occasion. Um, staying busy and overworking by choice. Yep. <laughs> um, deflecting compliments. Yep. Uh, at least uh, those those are all. Those are all relevant. Well, thank you, sir, for for sharing those. Which one? I feel like I, you know, based on what I heard, I feel like one stood out. But which one? Deflecting compliments. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the one that you would like? Again, like you can say no, you don't want to talk about, but do you mind if I ask you questions about it? No, let's do it. Let's do it. So, why do you feel like? Why does that feel the strongest to you right now, or maybe not the strongest, but the most relevant? It's just the most. It's probably the most true. And probably, Mm. yeah, like if I go like I could, I don't know, grinding my teeth maybe for other reasons. But like that one, I just I do it every time if I I am dismissive when a compliment comes in. Mm. Well, again, like for you and for everyone listening, like this is huge. Like, thank you for being so open. Like, so when you dismiss a compliment, like I imagine it's just pretty natural for you. Like, do you even think about it or just (laughs) second nature? No, just nature. So if I were to say, like, is it... Let's use work, for example. So I imagine someone says, Jared, like awesome job on this project or your team killed it this month. Like, what would you say? I would just immediately... Well, I I think I've done a little bit better at this, I will say. (laughs) Thankfully, when I have someone else, Uh I I would push that appreciation forward down to my team or Mm -hmm. elsewhere. I would start moving and highlighting uh, other people. And I think that's... I think that's overall a little bit healthier, (laughs) you know, rather than just saying no, no, no. But... Mm -hmm. What about if your wife compliments you? I would just deny it. I would... I'd be like, ah, yeah, whatever. You're just making that up. Mm, cool. well, I can, so, I'll give you a specific situation. Yesterday, uh, someone at work actually said, I won't reveal, but they said, oh, this was the best one we've had yet. And I just immediately like laughed and I'm like, no, yeah, you're, you obviously say that to everyone. Mm, like the best product or episode or something. Yeah. 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 So they said, this is the best one we've had yet. And okay. So it's like, and we don't have to go super, super into it. Right. But it's like, why I'm asking some of these questions is like the, why there is a fear of, or an uncomfortability with dismissing compliments is, and why you like some of the things that you mentioned, right. Is it's, it's a signal. And that's how I view fear. I've used a lot of metaphors during this talk, but like another metaphor I like is, and I know you've seen this because you live in Hawaii. Have you ever seen an old man or anyone like metal detecting on the beach? Like they use those metal detectors searching for treasure. And so we're all those old men on the beach with metal detectors and we're just going along in our life. And then all of a sudden, beep, 
right? And we stop. There's this beep. And so how I view fear is that beep, right? Because... And you mentioned ner- the nervous system. It's the same thing as a trigger. This is one of the easiest ways. And I teach this you know, in the Fear Alchemy course that you're referencing of just tracking your triggers is one of the most useful things. So you don't have to try super hard. You just obviously just start paying attention to when you like feel triggered, like, or you don't, you feel anxious, you feel stressed, you feel not yourself, you don't feel at peace or at ease or whatever you want to call it. So for you is like, okay, I immediately notice something that I, you know, deflected or I'm dismissive toward a compliment. That is like that trigger that you know is something underneath the surface because something is protecting you. And so it's like, well, okay, well, what is Jeremy protecting from? And that kind of goes into digging beneath the surface or once you find that trigger that you're actually going to dig in beneath and I, you know, give people prompts and everything to actually find the trigger or find the root of it. And I find that that's really common for people like, well, okay, I know that I'm dismissive or deflecting compliments. What do I do now? And it's like, well, okay, well, figure out the why. Like, what is the root of what I believe about myself that I am going to dismiss this? Literally, it feels unsafe to me. So I'm choosing not to receive it. Like I'm pushing this attention, this love, these eyes or attention, whatever it feels unsafe for Jared or anyone listening out there, listening out there. I feel unsafe with this. And so my fear or my body is going to protect me from it because it feels like a threat. And so you feel that beep, you feel that trigger, and then you start digging beneath the surface. And then that's where you find your treasure. Like I truly believe that fear is one of the use, most useful tools to of liberation. Like I believe that fear reveals where you're not free because it's if I'm afraid, then obviously I'm not free. Right. And um, do you mind if, and this is completely up, up to Jared, like we could go through like some questions of like finding the root of that if you want. Like let's do it. Let's do Ooh, my guy. Let's I love do this. It. Okay, cool. Like, see, and this is cool. Like you're already, and what I want people to even realize too, like this is a brave moment and I just want to shout it out. Like, but even if you're just listening, as like it takes courage to confront your limitations. It takes courage to listen to something that you feel defensive about because the victim part of you wants to keep stay the same. It's afraid of changing, right? And so just doing this is like massive courage. Okay. So in the course, people will go through and they can find like, um, you know, a track like, okay, what is the common thread? What am I feeling? What am I triggered by? I'm just going to fast forward and uh, just for the sake of time, obviously. <laughs> And say some things that like what I think it is. So usually, um, def- deflecting compliments can be a couple different things. And what I have found and what I cover in the fear alchemy course is that there's 10 foundational fears that everybody comes across. Some might be more stronger than others, but they're all like interlinked, right? They're all touching each other at some point. Even if you don't think about realize they're all, you know, just touching and like moving with each other. It's this interesting web. But with this is it's usually it's a fear of being seen. It could be, um, um, I've I've a feeling with that. How do you, Jared? How do you feel about even just people like like if you have to give a talk or like when you stand up and like attention and eyes are on you? How do you feel? Usually, really nervous. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I've always I would describe myself as a behind the camera guy. Okay, cool. Ooh, I love that even that description because I imagine so many part of us are feeling like I, like why do we feel like we're behind the camera guy? Like Jared, do you want to be in front of the camera? Oof. You're obviously on the mic, which is the same thing, but what? 
like even though yeah. you describe yourself as behind the camera, do you have a desire to have that the attention? Whole re- <laughs> Not the whole reason, but I-, I will say one of the major reasons why I chose to jump on and even start this podcast, in addition to of course celebrating our heroes, was because it was a stretch and a growth opportunity for me. I knew that I wouldn't do it otherwise. So <laughs> I yes. love it, bro. And you're such an example because it's literally like one of the quotes I love is like the things that scare you the most will also expand you the most. It's that's the whole point of like why we're here is to grow and to push that edge. And why we call it the comfort zone is because it feels safe. And so to stretch that, obviously you got to push the boundaries. So this is really cool. I love how timely it's, this is crazy. Perfect. And even talking about a podcast. So I want you just to fill in the blanks, just whatever comes to heart or to mind first. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So I can't be seen because blank. Ooh, how long do I get to think about this? We need like the Jeopardy music. <laughs> No, just whatever cup pops up first. I mean, fear, embarrassment. I mean, fear came up first, but like, I don't know, embarrassment, like, yeah. Okay, so you can't be seen because you'll be embarrassed or what specifically? That I, that I, I may not be perceived... Um, as capable, intelligent, articulate. Okay, this is awesome. So if people see that you're not articulate and intelligent, then what will happen? Logical me says probably nothing because most people don't care. (laughs) Which is right, right? But what is that fear side of you saying? Yeah, I mean... I think we all, whether whether it's heavily ego driven or not, like we we do, you you have to care a little bit. Like nobody wants yeah. to be perceived as, you know, stupid. Mm-hmm. Insert your adjective, I guess. Cool. So if you're not, but what feels most true for you? So if you're not seeing as you know intelligent or articulate, then what will happen, or what does it mean about you? Probably that I, I I'm not worthy of doing what I'm doing now. Mm. So you, you hit it pretty spot on even before. And I imagine, you know, you're familiar with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I skipped ahead. <laughs> I do that. No, often. You, this is great. No, I love it. Right. And like, this is what's cool. It's like part of like the course, right. Is what I believe is really cool. And like a side note, what, which was a challenge for me is actually how do I build something that's completely intuitive, but everyone can relate to. And so that's, what's really cool about providing like this course is completely intuitive. Like it's not just listen to a guy, nothing wrong, is wrong with this. Listen to a guy. Um, talk to you, like give you information. It's like, no, like what I'm passionate about is how do you actually get results and apply them to your life? Not just the information. So this is, you know, what we're doing. So you jumped to this. I feel like there's something else there, like unworthiness. That's such a big thing for a lot of humans, like myself included. Um, so there was something else before you said unworthy. Do you remember what it was? I think just the perception of, of me d- being incapable. I think I use the word stupid. <laughs> okay. So essentially, right. Like if I can't be seen because I'd be incapable or I can't be seen because I'm unworthy, which one feels like the most heavier sticky to you? Hmm. And they're both right on up there. <laughs> uh, unworthy sounds bigger. Uh, that's kind of where I landed. So I guess I'll just go with my, my landing answer from earlier. Awesome, dude. Thank you. And so I just want to pause for a moment. Like I know we're kind of expediting, expediting this process process a little bit. Um, but it's really important to feel it because it's ironically, right? Going back to the dismissing is going through this process quickly actually can be a disservice. And so it's really like, yes, it can happen rapidly, but also just like feeling it and like letting everything potentially come up if you're on your own, if you're, you know, with someone that's guiding you through it. But where do you feel it in your body? Like if you tap into like the unworthiness or the I don't want to be seen feeling, where does it feel where do you feel it? Right in the the solar plexus. My bro, I love, you know, the chakras, my dude. (laughs) 
So you're right on tune, dude. This is really cool. Um, and does it have a feeling? What does it feel like? Tightness. Tightness in the solar plexus. Um, and have you like observed any of that before? Like, have you done any healing or stuff around that area? Nothing intensive, no. Okay, but it sounds like you know it's there. Yeah, I mean, there's awareness. Awareness. I love it. So I feel like there's something else. And like that, I, the unworthiness is definitely strong. Um, and I feel like there might be something more specific, but I'll let you feel it into on your own. But why I want to bring this up for you and everyone else listening is so why you don't want to be seen or why you feel uncomfortable with being seen or having attention is because you don't feel worthy of it. And how the ego works with fear is it's going to protect you from something that it doesn't, it feels different. It feels scary. It feels out of your comfort zone. So naturally, of course, you don't want to be seen like, and many of us don't, myself included, feel nervous or anxious with eyes coming on us, right? Like it feels nerve wracking. And so it's like, okay, well, I feel that, but what's underneath is like, well, why I feel at unease is because I actually feel unworthy of it. Um, like we definitely see some people who love attention, right? Is because they have their own stuff to work on, but they probably feel pretty comfortable with attention because I imagine it's their personality and that's how they actually received love when they were a kid. And so it feels that part of us. But for people like me and you, it's actually part of our, depending what you believe, right? Childhood, it could be your subconscious mind. Some people believe in past lives or whatever. It's like, this is a protective mechanism. And, but the interesting, interesting thing about fear about what most people don't understand is that it does the exact thing that you don't want it to do. Meaning Jared, like you're already doing the thing, which is cool. But let's say you had the desire to do the podcast because it's a growth opportunity for you. If you didn't do the thing, what would that reconfirm to your subconscious about being seen? Oh, exactly. The the reason behind the fear, the unworthiness. Boom. Exactly. Right. So most people don't know that if I don't do the thing that I'm afraid of, I'm actually providing my subconscious mind the exact evidence that I'm trying to avoid. So if I'm afraid of opening up to my partner or and getting in a relationship or starting the business, then because I'm afraid of rejection, well, I'm actually going to reject myself because that feels safer than someone else rejecting me. <laughs> Wow. Right. But that you provide, well, I'm getting chills right now. Like I'm giving, I'm literally choosing though. And your mind doesn't know the difference between whether it's coming from an outside source or from you. And so you're literally providing the exact evidence you don't want to happen. And so this is the beautiful work of some of the questions that I'll ask um, next. And we can go through them relatively quickly, which is, do you, is it absolutely true? Like Jared, are you unworthy of being seen and being praised? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like black and white, like no. is it a scientifically proven fact that you're unworthy? It is not. <laughs> Beautiful. So you know that. And some people can say that logically. The work is actually feeling it and knowing it. Yeah. That's the practice, you know, but that's the gift of this life. We have time to practice. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So does that, does the belief or the story or like, is it helpful to believe that you're unworthy? I can't see a way in which it would be. No beautiful, right? So you might think, again, before we had this conversation, someone might think like, oh, the fear, yes, it's keeping you safe, but it's actually keeping you stuck. So no, of course, it's not helpful. Um, so next question is, what would just be like another alternative reality of instead of being unworthy, what's another possibility that you could imagine about being seen specifically? And I could be perceived well. Oh, I love it, bro. It's, dude, we could, we're just tag teaming this thing like a beast. <laughs> like we planned it, which <laughs> like we didn't. We did. <laughs> you planned it in dreamland sometime. 
Yes. Um, so, and people don't usually consider that. And that's what this gift and just pausing and asking new questions is really helpful because it's usually your mind wants to, I brought, I said, I talked about evidence just, just now, and it's your mind is going to collect the evidence and the data for whatever it believes to be true. So if I believe that I'm unsafe to be seen or I'm unworthy or I'm incapable, then I'm going to subconsciously look for that evidence to prove that to be true. So stopping and pausing and just asking, what's another possibility? Well, I could actually be received well. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, of course it's not true. Like if I'm not even received well, that doesn't mean I'm unworthy. Right. That doesn't really, really mean that. So last question is Jared, like if I know this is somewhat of a business podcast, but do you believe in like a higher power? Let's go with it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or let's just, so for the sake of an example, whatever the creator that you all believe in, or let's just say a magic genie, right? Is yeah. Like, whatever we want to pick. A magic genie comes in and can literally reprogram your DNA, like brainwash you in a good way. Like what would you want to believe instead of being unworthy and it's unsafe to be seen and I'm incapable or stupid and all that? Like what would you rather believe? I'd much rather believe that I'm unstoppable. Ooh, baby. I love that. So this is this is cool, dude. Not a lot of people can say such a powerful thing immediately. And so I know that you feel that. And I already know there's a part of you that believes that that's true. Um, this is so cool. Where do you feel that when you say that? I'm unstoppable. I think in the same place. Yep. Because it has to do with power. Yeah. Right? Because the solar plexus is the confidence. It's the power and like that self. Uh, right? And it's like yeah. that like, yes, I am unstoppable. Like that's where that fire and that like drive comes from. And um, that's so cool. And so I'm just seeing the connection, right? Of like that tenseness that we felt before is actually revealing like what you really truly want to believe. And what I believe is just calling remembering your truth because it's you are actually unstoppable. Like that is your actually truth, right? Like the lie is that you're unworthy. It's like there's actually no... Like you might have proof and evidence and stuff in your past to believe that I'm unworthy. But what is the proof? And even if it's just one, Jared, what is the one piece of evidence that proves that you're unstoppable. That's, I'm right that's here actually today. happened. What? I'm here today. That's right, baby. And you just went through that whole process of like what most people would be too afraid to do. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that our listeners were able to kind of participate along in that process by <laughs> laying myself out there on the line. There's so much like we got into some extreme depth in a short period of time. Um, tell us, yeah, I bro. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for going through that. Um, I think this is so relevant to like, yeah, you could have insert, you, you could insert, start a business like, I don't think that there is a person on this planet. There may be a couple, but like very few people are just like, oh, yeah, I can quit my job. I can do these things and just immediately become successful. Uh, fear undoubtedly plays such a huge role. Um, tell us a little bit about where you're at today. Um, do you feel like you've overcame the fear? Are you <laughs> what track are you on right now in terms of operating your business from a Man, standpoint dude, I, of no fear? I appreciate that question. And first off, Jared, like I truly want to acknowledge you like that really is super brave. And even if people just want to ask themselves one question, just ask yourself that last question of what do I want to believe? And because like, that's such a powerful question, because we really are the creators Like we can choose anything because we are we have chosen that I'm unworthy to keep us safe because something happened in the past that we were rejected or whatever. And so it's like, okay, I'm choosing to believe this thing about me, because that's what was, you know, shown to me. And so we can literally choose something new, like we are it's crazy how powerful the mind is. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that and say that, like, if you ask yourself one question, just ask that question. And dude, of course, I'm not fearless. <laughs> is like, fear is a paradox.
paradox, meaning it totally exists. It's totally real because it's dangerous and we, you know, have a human body and feel it. But fear is also a complete illusion because it's like, for example, I posted something quote unquote controversial today. Like I didn't really think it was controversial, but it was. And so I'm uncomfortable when people disagree with me. Like when people literally someone said eat poop (laughs) as a comment. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They're like, no, you're wrong. Eat poop. You know, (laughs) I actually laughed at that one. But like I've come so far in feeling comfortable with people disagreeing with me because for me, I want everyone to agree with me um, because it makes me feel safe and I don't feel loved and and all the fun things that we could go down in my personal psyche. But it's like, is that fear is like my compass, meaning kind of what you just talked about with the podcast is, okay, fear is literally telling me where to go because that's an invitation into my next level of growth. And feeling this area, even though it's uncomfortable and scary, I am going to lean into it because if I don't, then I'm going to be miserable. Like that's just my truth. And so, yes, I feel fear, and but I use it as my guide. And of course, I'm not perfect. Of course, I still let it sabotage me. But there's always a new level, a new layer. And it's a beautiful opportunity to learn from it and to use it in our self-growth and our self-healing. So no, I'm not fearless, but I'm kind of a weirdo and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to take us back a little bit, had you not, you know, taken this opportunity, had you been too afraid to take this leap, where do you think you'd be at today? Or what really has changed for you as a result of overcoming this fear? What a question. I'm too scared to think about it, Jerry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my turn now. The tables have turned. (laughs) The tables have turned. Um, honestly, like I don't going back to that magnet feeling, I feel like I was literally being pushed out. And so it's hard for me to imagine. I just know I'd be so unhappy, which I know there's so many people out there, right? Like doing a job because you feel like you have to, I'm here to tell you, you don't like there's, you are so capable and there are limitless possibilities. It's crazy. Like I'm helping someone right now leave a job who like literally has a puppet business, you know, like that is so freaking cool. Like you could be a coach or a healer, or, you know, whatever is, and it's so possible. It's just out of fear, right? We look for ways to keep us safe so we don't fail or whatever. But when we start to look for the possibilities, we are going to get so surprised. And I just know that if I didn't do the thing, I can't imagine it. Honestly, dude, like it makes me sick. Like to think about not doing the thing that my heart loves and desires is so much worse. Like, like again, like I'm bewildered right now because it's, I really can't imagine it because I just know it would make me sick to not do what I'm here to do. I'm going to completely butcher this uh, quote, but I don't even know who to attribute this to. But there's 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 some quote out there that talks about like the greatest, uh, I guess, problem with humanity is not that people feel incapable, but that they feel so much more capable than they're currently, you know, they're currently operating at. It's actually it's not the you know, you think that most people are maybe, you know, they're afraid because they think they can't do it. But the reality of it is, is most of us actually know we can do it deep down and we're not living up to that full potential. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's one of the fears is the fear of success. Yeah. And most people don't realize it because it's it goes back like, well, if I'm more successful, then I, you know, could be seen. I could be more eyes are on me. That means there's more to lose. Like one of my fear of success things is like with money is quick story is just like when I was a kid, I saved up a bunch of money and I was giving it to my mom because I thought she was putting in a savings account. But we grew up with some financial struggles. And long story short, when I was a teenager, I asked, hey, like, where's that money in that savings account? She used it. Right. So that feels like a big betrayal to me. So I'm still working on like letting 
letting this go of that it's all for nothing. And like when I build up a bunch of money, that is just going to disappear. So there's a reason, right? Like literally like there's a part of me subconsciously not true anymore that felt unsafe with having a large amount of money because it was going to be taken. So it's like, there's so many subconscious things and stories that we don't even realize of why we don't want to be successful. And a big one of that is definitely judgment from other people and being misunderstood. But you're right, dude, is like, we know deep down, you know, but there's some unwanted consequence that comes with that, that you're resistant to. Well, uh, you know, I think this, this show in particular, maybe it went off the course of the traditional flow that we may take, but uh, the reality of it is, is I, 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 I believe we really uncovered some incredible things together. Um, at least I know it did for me. And I hope <laughs> that the listeners, you know, are, you are able to follow along, um, because undoubtedly, like unquestionably, probably the biggest reason I think, well, I think you, you reaffirmed this earlier. The biggest reason people don't do this, they don't take the sleep is because of fear. I mean, I honestly, what, what, what's the, what's another reason people wouldn't do it? I don't know. Right. <laughs> is a common reason. But that's still was, fear. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like people say, well, I don't have the resources. Well, it's like you do. You're just afraid to admit, right. It's like, yeah, you have an access to the resources. I don't, well, I don't have the money. Well, that's fear. Right. And again, that's another one of the fears I cover, but it's like any reason you could name the root goes back to fear because that is truly the root of the human experience, which is pretty crazy. Well, for anyone who's been listening to this and interested in maybe checking out more of what it is you have to offer, maybe they want to go through the same thing that we did here live, mm-hmm. take your course. What's the best way for them to find you? Thanks, brother. So first off, shout out to Kajabi because that's where my stuff's at. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So if you go to feeling-free.com, Jared, do we put stuff in show notes? Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes. Okay, cool. So yeah, just go in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at the fear guy. Come send me a message. Tell us that you listen. Tag us. Post us on Instagram that you are listening to this episode. I'd love to hear it. And I'd love to know what your favorite part was. Like if there's a takeaway, tag us both on Instagram, me and Kajabi. And I'd love to know like what was that point that really stuck with you? Yes, I love that. I'd love to hear it too. Um, Well, with that, I think that's all we have for everyone this week. Um, that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all. It was only what an hour of hour of content. <laughs> that's all. Um, we didn't, you know, that's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> with that said, definitely encourage all of you listeners, check out Ben's content. Really cool stuff, as I'm sure you found out just from our time together here. Um, thank you again for listening. Would really appreciate you following Ben's prompt, uh, reaching out to us on social or leave us a review in the podcast. Let us know um, what you like what you didn't how we can make this better for you um but we will look forward to seeing you all next week on the kajabi edge podcast